When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year, that matter. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corner. The What Podcast, a podcast for Bonnarooians by Bonnarooians. Welcome inside of our um, homes, buses, and basements. Barry Corner, Lord Taco, Brad Steiner. Uh, Alongside uh, today, Bonnarooians. Honoruvian David is going to join us from Patreon and uh, Larkin Poe, Barry Quarter. Larkin Poe, yeah, reached out to them and should stress this was way well before the whole COVID-19 virus pandemic. Uh, so we don't talk about that. Uh, Larkin Poe kind of um, Rebecca and Megan from down Calhoun, Georgia, just 45 minutes from Chattanooga or so. Uh, we talk a little bit about uh, this is their second visit to Bonnaroo. Mm. Um, they actually well, started. It would, it would have been. Would have been. Yeah. yeah we'll I see guess. if they can make it next You're year. are convinced it's, I'm, I'm not giving up yet, but. Okay. Uh, Lark and Poe, they started as the Lovell sisters as a trio. Um, they're one of those groups that I've been able to follow since, you know, the inception and talk to. So they were nice enough to reach out. It's another one of these interviews that we did, uh, that I did without you, Brad, and, you know, like you did Ed O'Brien last week. So we're adapting, we're figuring it out. But So it was it, do you like Larkin Poe and follow them because you just find them to be very attractive? They are attractive. Uh-huh. They're also really good. They were oh, at Cooper okay. Bend last year and, uh, rock and roll band they got a they, they can play okay all right yeah, well uh, like quite a bit well, well, they've got a new get... song uh oh, yeah. keep digging just came out this week okay um so yeah. all right we'll uh, check that out here uh soon and then we'll talk to david from uh, uh patreon uh, but first uh, yeah, let's get into patreon names is that what you were gonna say that's not what i was gonna say but you know what i'm i'm here for you buddy Right, Mike Tyson Group, Aaron Carlson, Bill, David Grimes, who we're going to talk to on the show, Frank Swanson, Lisa Condor, Bill Hanley, Timothy Proctor, and Chloe Hannon are in the Mike Tyson Group. So, um, I guess this was it this week or last week that we uh, started to. Um, I guess it was this week that they want to reopen the economy, reopen. Uh, the world in some parts of the um, in some parts of the the country, the world being very you know generic. But 
you, you've got a governor in Georgia who doesn't know that COVID-19 is contagious. You have a uh, governor in Tennessee who thinks that everybody's going to rush uh, to bars and restaurants because Lord knows, you know what I want right now is to eat at Chili's. Um, you've got bowling uh, alleys. Bowling yeah, alleys bowling alleys. Bowling alleys. <laughs> you know, got, I mean, there've been some, there've been some funny uh, jokes and online memes, but you know, the one that resonates is you know doing this is like having a peeing in a non-peeing section in a swimming pool. You know, it makes as, it makes as much sense. So, yeah, we'll see. And you might you I know you think that I'm being you know. I don't know, a little bit too harsh, but it's not happening. And I don't mean to, to, to rain on people's parade and be negative here, uh, but we need to start wrapping our heads around that this is not happening. Voodoo Fest is, is end of October in New Orleans, and New Orleans does not shy away from parties. Let me be totally frank with you. Uh, the people here treated this thing as if it was a hurricane and they were not going to react to it and fall. And at any moment, it could it could swing and miss. Uh, but it made landfall, and then it shut everything down for a while. It, <laughs> if New Orleans is not going to throw a party at the end of October, I don't see anybody else in the country throwing a party uh, anytime in the fall. And it sucks, and it 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 blows, and and it hurts. But you know, I, I there's just nothing about it that makes sense. I, I can't figure out a justification to put. Um, you know, fifty thousand people at risk. I, I just can't figure it out. I can't wrap. I, I can't figure out the justification and what the argument would be. Yeah, and, and again, I I keep thinking about it. It's like which event should it be? I mean, everybody right. wants to open, right? So, yeah. which one is it? College football is that more important than than festivals or golf, whatever? You know, which one should it be that's going to be sort of the test? Yeah. Uh, and I think as we get closer to reality, the, uh, the people that are making the decisions are having that same question. You know, should it be us? Why are, well, let's wait and see what somebody else does. So, no, I agree with you. Um, I don't think it's happening either. I think we're looking at next year. And then it's even going to be, you know, what's it going to look like? You know, I don't think we, I, I, a lot of people are just going to rush back into 2019 level of crowds. I, I just, I mean, some of the stories I've done, the restaurants, the health department, they're talking about restaurants maintaining the, the six foot thing and the social distancing long after this happens. No more, you know, 12 tops, people sitting elbow to elbow with each other. Um, it, and that's just from their point of view, from like your point, you know, do you want to go to a bar that has that many people sitting next to you? Um, yeah, it, there's a lot getting ready to happen that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. And, and if you listen to this podcast, I'm, I'm betting your answer is going to be, of course, I don't care, but think about it the day that think about it a Friday, Saturday at around four o'clock when it's really, really hot. Um, in Manchester, and you are somewhat in the midst of a show on The Witch, and somebody sweaty bumps into you or wants to crowd surf. Um, you really want to touch a sweaty stranger? 
you know, as and, much and, as or <laughs> when you're saying that, and and I don't mean to be disgusting, but I mean one of the things we like is that three o'clock in the morning shower when there's nobody else in there. Uh -huh. I'm not sure I want to go into any of those showers <laughs> this year. <laughs> Even if I'm by myself in there, I'm not sure that's going to be a good idea. Yeah, yeah man. that's a great point. I mean, it's just, it, it just, it, I don't know if we necessarily think about it all that much because it, it, it's just like a unicorn in our brain. It's Bonnaroo. It's life. It's experience. It's like, let's, let's just go do something. But then when we're actually doing it, we're like, hey, yeah. I don't know. Like, for instance, every say you talk about how uh, you leave the house once a week to do insert thing here. Well, I leave once a week to go to a, a local brewery, uh, Urban South. I pick up uh, beer for the week, and then I pick up 10 pounds of crawfish at a place that uh, has a crawfish boil. And I bring it back, and it's my Saturday tradition. I sit on the back porch, and I eat crawfish, and I drink beer. Uh, just yesterday, when I did it this week, I for the first time, for the first time, I really felt like when he handed me the bag, it was the first time I was like, I don't, I'm, I'm touching the bag that you're touching. I, yeah. That's yeah. a bag I when know. nobody else is around me. You think that you want to, you know, be slinging spicy pies or, you know, empanadas I around? I leave the house here uh, and go for a walk. Uh, once a day and people are also up there walking or jogging and they, they go on the complete other side of the street, you know? Yeah. Um, and these we're theoretically healthy people. Yeah. You and know? think about now it this you way. don't even want to be next to two people on a street. I can't imagine, you know, and, a, a okay. So, so then, so then if, if things start to normalize or get at least better and the trend starts going the right direction, come August or September. And then what happens if, you know, out of nowhere pops up 350 cases uh, come the 1st of October or the end of September, then panic, total oh, panic. I, I... And, and so let, let's, say, let's say you have a festival that you are putting on at the end of September or the middle of September, and then something crazy happens. You know, you, you feel like you're out in front of it in July and August, and then all of a sudden September hits, and then there's like 200, 300 cases pop up in, in September. You don't think that you have just invested how many millions of dollars and you're now looking at a week from now, two weeks from now, it could be from 300 to a thousand and then you are screwed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, I, it's too dicey. It's just too dicey. Yeah. And all the, you know, the 2018 flu, the second wave was way worse than the first one. So it concerns me that we're doing this reopening this week I, I i just it makes no sense yeah um especially, when you they, have, especially when you have states that are just now getting to the beginning of their peak like right. not i under like the the new Orleans, louisiana is not even close to hitting that two-week threshold of of cases going down so they're not even close to being opening up something but what happens if you know by the way, your your pool analogy is totally perfect. You know the borders. It turns out um, are open, and people can drive and yeah. continue their life and move about. You know the pool as much as they want to. Uh, you may not think they're peeing on you, but they are. The well, water is getting warmer. And it's like you said, the people bringing it back. It's not. It doesn't have to be a sinister thing. 
it could be a family member who wants to go see their right. parents out of that's state. Right. You know, that's or, exactly how that's exactly how the the numbers shot up like crazy in New Orleans. Exactly, it was Mardi Gras. You didn't know you were sick. Your immune system was compromised um, because of the debauchery of the weekend, and then you then you went and visited grandma, and the one visit to grandma infected the entire old folks' home. Yeah, Grace, my daughter Grace, uh, one of her coworkers at a Bonnaroo that that they both worked has tested four times positive, showing no signs. But every yeah. time she keeps getting tested, she sh- she's got it. Uh, but she, you know, so did how I many other guys, people are out there? Like did I that? Ca- did, did I say this on the podcast last week or the week before? So sitting in this chair doing the show, somehow I threw my back out. And my back hurt so damn bad for four days. Literally, as soon as I got up doing the show, I was out, out. And I, it, was a, it was a back pain that I've never felt before. And it was at the base of my spine. And I didn't think anything about it. I was like, ah, this just sucks. I'm going to lay down for a couple of days. It'll be fine. So then uh, Wednesday hits and George Stepanopoulos uh, tested positive for coronavirus. And he showed no symptoms. He showed n- nothing wrong, but he wanted to go back to work. So to bef- before they let him back in the studio, they wanted to test him. Well, he tested positive. He had no symptoms. Nothing was wrong. The, the only thing that had come up in the last week, back pain. He threw his back out and his back hurt. So imagine my panic after hurting <laughs> my back, doing a podcast about Bonnaroo, seeing George Stephanopoulos basically test positive for coronavirus because his back hurt. You're going to think I'm making this up, but I had the same issue last weekend, but I know I did it because we spent all day cleaning and moving boxes and everything. But uh, I'm glad I didn't hear that report because I would have been like you. No kidding. It freaked me out. And and so, so if, to your point, if you don't know that you have, uh, I mean, hell, the wife all week has had a knee problem this woman is the most in shape person you've ever met in your life and her knee hurts into the bone coronavirus i mean like that's <laughs> it's just what we're scary. all gonna do i know and and the point the point is, is okay that. how now that. put that now multiply that by oh i don't know thirty thousand. <laughs> well but i mean that's that's looking at it from a point of view of somebody who's uh thinking they have it it's those people that think they're Superman and that this is all a hoax that want to go out there and are, and are spreading it around. Uh, they're the ones. Both are worrisome. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Okay. So, so take the political part of it out. <clears throat> all right. So uh, take the lady who I saw on Fox the other day who was screaming about reopening the economy out of her, uh, out of her SUV window. And the Fox News guy asked her, so what exactly are you wanting to do? She goes, I need my roots dyed. You know, and like they're, they're literally just worried about their haircut. So this person who, who may not be all there or thinks it's a uh, government conspiracy or this, that, or the other, um, decides to, you know, go to the event right. that you decide to go to. Yeah, you know what they're oh, calling those lucky people, Lucky right? me. Yeah, that's that. Branch Covidians. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. No, right. you're exactly right. Uh, that, yeah, somebody with that agenda who wants to decide for you, right? You know, right. That, that they're going out. 
That's yeah, exactly and, right. And I want to love all these Bonnaroo people. I want to love everybody that's there because we are all sharing a communal experience and 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 hopefully values that we all uh, appreciate. But not everybody thinks like me. Not everybody me. Not everybody thinks like Taco. Not everybody thinks like you. Right. Um. It's it's just too much. Too 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 dicey and too scary. Like so, when Brian tells me that he's not going to be affected, he's going to still don't know if I would. I just I haven't. I don't know. I yeah, don't know. I, I hadn't even thought, started thinking. Let me read some more uh, Patreon. Yeah, and then we'll get into Larkin Poe. Yep. Dan Sweeney, Dustin Gehrig, Haley, Mary T, Melanie, and Jesse Feldman, who we talked to last week. Mitchell Stafford, Musical Antlers, Parker Reeds, and Tori. All right, let's talk to Larkin Poe on the What Podcast, a poor Bonnerubians by Bonnerubians with Barry Corder. Let's go. But I spoke to you guys probably back in 09 when you were uh, the. Oh, really? oh my gosh. Yeah. So I remember, you know, the Lovell sisters. I know you used to come to Chattanooga and 09, you did Bonnaroo, right? Yes. Yeah. As, yeah as that's the, right. As the Lovell sisters. Let's do this, if you don't mind. If Tell me which one of you is which so that listeners, myself included, can sort of get a read on who's talking when and we can figure out voices. Which one? Yeah, this is Rebecca. Our voices are very similar, obviously, because we're sisters. Um, but I'm the younger one. I play guitar and the lead singer and the main songwriter for the band. I'm Rebecca. And I am Megan. I play lap steel, and I'm the older sister. Nice. Thank you for doing that. I have so much I want to get to. Yeah, one of the things that I especially, uh, and I know Brad does too, that we love about doing this podcast, and Bonnaroo especially, is sort of following bands. You know, I mean, that's one of the things I think that festival does really well is bring people back as they develop and get bigger. Um, And we've talked with other bands about what a thrill that is, you know, to play a teeny tiny stage in front of a couple hundred people and then years later play to uh, many, many, many people. So let's start there. What's it mean for you guys to be heading back to Bonnaroo? I love this question because I I do think that's a really insightful look at you know, the way that Bonnaroo helps to follow artists as they grow and change, because, you know, who we were as the Level Sisters whenever we first started as, you know, middling teenagers compared to who we are now as Larkin Poe and we're in our late 20s, we're very different artists, very different people. You know, the essence is the same, but the, the clothing and the outfitting and the experience has completely shifted. And it feels really nostalgic to get back to Bonnaroo um, with all the memories intact from from then to here, I mean, we've gotten to do some unbelievable touring since that first time performing at Bonnaroo in 09. We've you know, been on the tour with Keith Urban, been on the road with Bob Seger. We've opened up for, you know, ZZ Top and just done a bunch of wild and crazy stuff that I think our, you know, 17-year-old selves could never have imagined. So getting to bring all that experience with us as we come back to the Bonnaroo stage, I think it's going to be an absolute blast this year. And you were here, you were there rather in, in 18. And I was just looking back through some of our notes and we do, Brad and I do a thing called Bonnaroo-let where we spin a wheel and land on a, an act. And then theoretically, a lot of times it's bands we maybe don't know much about, but sometimes it's bands that we just want to talk about. And that's what we did in 18. I think you were the third, you were our third Bonnaroo-let spin. <laughs> if, if, that, should, that should mean a whole lot. 
to chat about. <laughs> no, it was terrific. No, it means plenty. I mean, to be able to be in, in people's, you know, minds and hearts, that, that, that's what makes the whole thing tick. It is a bit surreal. Um, we've done so much touring internationally and to have friends around the world. And, you know, this past year we've played China and Tokyo for the first time and getting to, to go to Australia again this year. Like, you, you realize that the connections that bind people, they truly are global. And just to be remembered feels really nice. Let me go back, because uh, like I said, we're, I want to jump all over the place because you guys have done so much and it's such an important story. But uh, first of all, I'll let people know you guys are from Calhoun, Georgia, which is about 40 minutes from Chattanooga. As I always yeah. say at the paper, when people do well, we claim you. So we claim you as uh, Chattanoogans. <laughs> hey, man, we'll take it. We'll Ex- take it. We, Ex- yeah, Calhoun is, you know, 40 minutes south, right off 75. So we all the time as, you know, Megan, what would we call it, like 15, 16, coming up to the Signal Mountain yeah. Operate. We were coming through Chattanooga all of the time. Um, we did a lot of our... Yeah, a lot of our, like, first musical experiences were actually in Chattanooga. So we claim mm-hmm. it as well. Nice. <laughs> but Nashville's home now, right? Yeah. So I wanted to ask. Maybe four and a half years ago. I wanted to ask, because uh, we're recording this on the Friday, the week of the tornado. So I just wanted to check. You guys, obviously, you, did you survive everything? I mean, it, were, there, were there any um, damage that you personally had to deal with? We Not personal damage. Yeah, yeah, we um have been crazy looking at all of the damage that has been done, and we went yesterday and actually um, tried to do some help um, clean up, and it was the damage was just extraordinary, and the homes that have been lost and the businesses that have been lost is really heartbreaking to see. Um, but it is also heartwarming to see all the people that have showed up and, um, you know, people were out in the thousands helping out their neighbors. So it's really heartwarming to see people come together. It, it, you do get both sides of that. My in-law's house was destroyed in 97 when the tornado hit uh, uh-huh. the day before Easter. So uh, I'm having all these memories of the helicopters flying over and the church groups just mm-hmm. walking up and down the street helping people carry brush and limbs and anything, carrying water. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so you really see you see both sides. But I also know it's it's a long haul. I mean, uh, it's not over in a week, you know. There's a lot to clean up. and it's, it's certainly not. It is certainly not. And it has been really, like you said, Megan, shocking to see how neighborhoods are completely reshaped. And it'll be... It'll be equally interesting and, I think, empowering to see how humans are capable of rising above and rebuilding and making something, you know, more beautiful than there was before. I I believe that that's going to happen. Yeah, was it 364 houses and 100-and-something buildings were either destroyed or Mm -hmm. damaged? So, but... Yeah. You know, not to make light of it, but if anything, if Nashville knows anything these days, it's how to build. Mm-hmm. This is true. She is she is booming right now. It's unbelievable. And and for people who don't know, don't know their geography, Nashville is about uh, just a little bit farther away from Manchester and Bonnaroo than Chattanooga is. So uh, it's it's obviously on all of our minds, um, which is why I wanted to ask that and the fact that you guys live there. But talk about, and you have, because one of the things that I wanted to talk about, you were at Riverbend, which is our 
big city festival last year, and I was there, and it was a terrific show. This Bonnaroo lineup is stacked, as we've talked about many, many times. Um, and I, I hope I haven't we haven't seen the schedule yet, so but I'm hoping people will have a chance to to see you guys. Have Have you looked at the schedule yourselves? I have, and you're talking about this most recent year where this, Blackberry Smoke and Mavis and all the like, real people that I revere. I think that Riverbend has done an incredible job of pulling together this star-studded lineup. That if people aren't familiar with some of the bands, go out and see them anyway because Riverbend has picked like some gems for people. I mean, Blackberry Smoke, Charlie Starr, the frontman for for Blackberry Smoke, is like my all-time hero. He's he's such a badass and if you are not familiar with blackberry smoke you must so go go to riverbend this year and see them perform <laughs> and, and that's part of why i brought i wanted to bring that up the, the festivals big and small are important to not just the acts but fans right i mean there's such an opportunity to see uh and several acts at once number one but also maybe acts that you don't you're not familiar with that's that's a big part of the reason for going right Oh, absolutely. I think that's the biggest reason for going. And a lot of our formative experiences with music were absolutely at festivals where, you know, you're able to walk around and just take a sampling of music that you didn't even know you would like. I think it's especially important for children to be taken to festivals because our parents took us, you know, to Riverbend many times and all the way up into North Carolina. And Boone, North Carolina, there's Merle Fest, which is an incredible Americana, Roots American Music Festival that we were taken to and got bit by the bluegrass bug, you know, in our early teens. And we would never have known that that would have even been something that would remotely connect with us. But just being given the opportunity to experience music in that very live and organic way, it's so, it's so special. Festivals, I, I, I adore festival season. I'm so glad it's, it's almost upon us this year. Yeah, I want to come back to your parents in a minute. But uh, so to just to compare, Riverbend is a city festival. Probably last year there were 20,000 people. Uh, Bonnaroo's already sold out. Going to be 80,000 people there when you play. And you've done Glastonbury, which has come up on this podcast several times as sort of the model that uh, Ashley Caps had in mind uh, for Bonnaroo, talk a little bit about the differences uh, in playing those and Merlefest. Um, are there differences? Are there big differences for you guys as a performer? Oh, certainly. I mean, I think geographically it makes a big difference if you're in Europe or the UK as opposed to playing the festival in, you know, Oregon State or you know, or Tennessee. Like you're, you're definitely bumping into different people with different cultural importances and, you know, even just, you know, the setting of a festival. We played, Megan, we played a lot of festivals in Colorado this year. What was the one in the Cascades that we played? It was a really awesome blues festival right in the Mm. middle of the Cascade Mountains. Like, just really intriguing differences. Um, But specifically, I think, between the U.S. and European festivals, Um, there's less differences than you would think, you know, music lovers are music lovers around the world and you may not be speaking the same language when you're, you know, playing at, um, you know, one of the big rock festivals in Germany, but, uh, but the feeling is the same that everyone is there to achieve the same purpose, which is to connect and to celebrate music as an art form. And that's really special. But I mean, of course, Glastonbury is 
is one of the tops. It's it's such a, a massive it's a festival of epic proportion. Like when you when you drive in you just can't even fathom how huge the site is and also how I mean the lengths that people are willing to go to to endure the festival itself. I mean I think the people who have attended, you know, even a river bend or a Bonnaroo, it's like you go and incredibly hot during the day and by the end of the day you're tired and there and then you go to Bonnaroo and there's people who are really enjoying the heat for a three-day weekend but then you go to Glastonbury and there are people that are there enjoying not only heat during the day but a three-day weekend of about 18 bajillion mud puddles (laughs) that you could potentially fall into and and go down you may never find you again once you fall into some of these mud puddles (laughs) So it's like, you know, you got, it's the spice of life. You got to go out and experience things. And I think music festivals are a great way to do that. You, you mentioned your dad um, and your mom, David and Trisha. David, and I remember speaking mm-hmm. to you, whatever, 12, 11, 12 years ago, a big influence on you guys musically, right? And uh, I think that's, I, I was thinking about it before I called that, it's my personal opinion that it's every parent's responsibility to teach music and music history to their children. Uh, like, like my kids do very well at trivia night. You guys had similar upbringings, right? Our parents are big music lovers. Um, so we do feel lucky to have grown up into a household where a wide variety of music was being played. You know, our mom was, um, really wanted us to be involved in classical music. And so she was, um, you know, playing, playing for us, like, baby Bach tapes. Um, so we were listening <laughs> to everything from, like, classical to she was also, she loved folk music, um, Alison mm-hmm. Krauss and Union Station and, um, you know, the Carpenters. And then on the other side, our dad was, was playing us all, like, the classic rock records, everything from Ozzy to um, the Allman Brothers. Uh, so we do feel <laughs> feel very lucky that, that they are huge lovers of, of, of all different kinds of genres. So we, we've really grown up um, loving a lot of different music. So I think our, our influence are definitely fairly wide. Mm-hmm. I think that shows, right? I mean, that level, the level sisters, when you were a trio with your sister, Rebecca, I mean, um, excuse me, with Jessica, right? Um, mm-hmm, yeah. Was a, a string, basically, trio, right? And, and the show that I saw last year... Uh, with some amazing guitar and, and uh, rhythm, not necessarily that same band, right? Talk about how that influence and coming up with that sort of a household has helped you guys develop over the years. Yeah, I, I absolutely think you can hear, you can hear, you know, they, what is the saying? You can see the shadow that is cast by a tree show the shadow cast by the tree shows you where the tree is going to grow or something like there's some like deep saying about you know following in your in your parents footsteps essentially which i think is really powerful and i think it absolutely played huge with our with our development as artists from initially being so involved in classical music which really gave us a great basis in understanding music and having a work ethic about music and having ear training and then falling in love with bluegrass music which i think kind of took took place all of us together as a family. Um, our parents were definitely aware of Alison Krauss and Jerry Douglas and, um, you know, folk music as a general rule. But 
whenever we got involved in bluegrass as 13, 14 year olds, our folks were definitely going out and having a lot of fresh experiences with us. But we were all kind of becoming inundated and bitten by the bluegrass bug at the same time. But then, like Megan said, simultaneously, you know, there was so much classic rock being played in the house and we were young. You know, dad loved Queen records, dad loved, you know, the Stones and Led Zeppelin and, you know, Leonard Skinner and all across the board, just constantly having music playing. So as Megan and I continue to develop as songwriters, you know, once we had had the touring experiences as the Level Sisters with our big sister, we knew that we loved making music. There was a lot of foundational, you know, experiences that took place with, I think, our commitment to making music. We did start to toy with the genres that we were moving in for Larkin Poe by introducing more electrified instruments in order to achieve the sounds that we had heard growing up with all those classic rock records. Because when you're playing in a bluegrass string band, you do not have a drummer, you do not have amplifiers, you do not have effects pedals, you just don't have electrified instruments on stage. So that was a big leap of, of change for us whenever Megan picked up the lap steel, which is essentially the electrified version of the dobro, and I transitioned from mandolin and violin over to predominantly electric guitar. So just the sonic shift was huge, and I think it opened up a lot of doors for us creatively that we never would have even considered, you know, walking through until you're suddenly doing it and you realize all at once, oh my gosh, we're, we're a little rock band now. How did this happen? It feels great. <laughs> <laughs> was it that kind of a transition? It was just a, a normal? I know when, uh, you know, Jessica left, um, she's older and, and left and decided to go a different route. Um, was it that sort of moment where you said, well, we've got to decide to go forward and how should we go forward? Or did it just sort of naturally occur or... Or how did it happen? <laughs> I That's so funny to me because I feel, all of us feel, you know, that we are the masters of our of our future and that, you know, by by the strength of our will and by the, the habits that we do or don't break, you know, um, that we can change the outcome of things. Uh, but I, I think as time goes by, I'm more a firm believer in, in the organic nature of, of the way that things unfold. So there was, I mean, elements of intentionality that Megan and I had, I think, when approaching the genre shift over the course of, you know, maybe the first three or four years of Larkin Poe. Um, but by the same token, you know, we were 18, 19 at the time. And so while you may think that you're being intentional, there's also a lot of, you know, dilly-dallying and, and being 17, 18 years old that takes place. And so I, I do think that luck and... Um, just kind of, I don't even know what you want to call it, if you want to call it, you know, destiny or, um, I'm not sure what forces are at play, but it definitely happened organically for us. And it's just become more and more clear that this is the road that we want to be on. Therefore, we we travel further down the road of, of Roots Rock and really celebrating Roots American music, but in a little, you know, badass rock outfit and, and trying to be as true to the sounds that we hear in our head is we can be. And it is a badass rock outfit. I mean, I really do hope people get to see it because uh, it, it blew my hair back uh, last year, that, that set. So it was terrific. Um, would you that's could, what we like to hear. <laughs> it was, that's why I wanted to talk to you. I mean, I'm serious. It was great. Um, 
And I think you guys opened for the Warren Treaty, right? If, am I getting my days? Or that, no, that was Taz. You were the night before, I think. Um, but Yeah, we were the night before. Right. Um, are you guys, would you consider yourselves, be, after what we just talked about, sort of historians? And, and I'm asking because going to a Glastonbury or a Merlefest or a, a Bonnaroo, do they hold any special meeting, meanings to you guys from a sort of a history place where you think about all the people, the bands that you've loved that have played there before? Man, I've never, I've never thought about that. Megan, what would your, what do you feel? Did, did that ever cross your mind? I think that um, we think back to like the people that we listen to specifically lately, like we're, we've been becoming so involved in, in blues music and kind of carrying those traditions forward that, w- that we definitely think about ourselves, I think, as like ambassadors. Like bringing, mm-hmm. trying to um, bring those names to the forefront again. Like, like we're on stage. We're definitely like telling people like who this song was inspired by, and um, mm-hmm. I think that we we do think about ourselves as like um, maybe not historians in that way, but definitely like like bringing it into our our generation. Mm-hmm. And I think applying that same kind of thought to the different festivals that we have played, there there is a certain amount of um, gravitas that I think some of these festivals certainly can, you know, wield. They have this kind of otherworldly atmosphere when you enter the hallowed grounds, you know, of Glastonbury. I think actually, though, um, the biggest kind of aha moment that we've had in recent history in terms of time and place was getting to play out at the, uh, I guess it's the Monterey County Fairgrounds, mm-hmm. um, where we took place in a festival out in Monterey, California, but it was the original location of the Monterey Pop Festival, so we got to play on the stage where Jimmy burned his guitar in that epic, you know, footage, hair-raising. But then by the same token, you're so distracted by your own performance, you know, you're focusing on, in my case, not forgetting the lyrics or not tripping over all the cables on the stage, that there's only so much, like, absorbing of the space that you can really really do while you're performing but even so that was an especially cool one getting to play on that stage out in monterey that was special yeah i'm glad you uh, i can imagine yeah i mean that's probably everybody of any age has that cd or album in their collection the the, that pops festival was amazing Mm. um and you Mm -hmm. mentioned mavis she's coming back to our river bend i mean that's like watching history uh, personified to me it's incredible absolutely she was at uh what bonnaroo uh two years ago same i guess the same year you guys were and to see her you know talking about being there when the civil rights marches and all you, you it it kind of kind of blows your mind uh, when you think about it and and yeah it's important to remember that well we had the great pleasure of getting to meet mavis at an event that we did late last year and I think for Megan and myself as, you know, late 20-something musicians, having had a lot of experiences under our belt and really cherishing music and the experience and the, the human connection that music can bring and getting to sit down and speak with someone who is as sharp and open and vulnerable and beautiful as Mavis is, that really brings it full circle. And it puts everything into, into context of what purpose music serves in our lives as humans and it is kind of this greater than greater than the sum of part 
type moment for, for the human spirits when you do align and connect for music. And I think that that is the overriding takeaway message for festivals is you got to you got to go out, you got to experience it, you got to open yourself up and share something with your fellow man because it's it's a special way to do it. It's one of the things that makes us most human, so it should be cherished. Well said. I want to ask because uh, we ask everybody on here: uh, Have you looked at this year's Bonnaroo lineup, and are, are you who are you excited to see, and are you going to have time to to hang out? Oh. You know we're playing. We're playing on Thursday, isn't that right, Megan? We're playing on Thursday. I believe, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So I think that we we're gonna try to get out there and see some folks. I would love to see Molly Cyrus. I think that she's doing really incredible things for music heritage in a way. When you when you kind of dig deeper into her her stage performances, she loops in a lot of classic rock tunes and gives shout outs to artists that I think generation a lot of younger people may not be familiar with. So I I would love to go and see a Molly Cyrus show for sure. I think she. She's making cool waves for music. But no, she's definitely on great. my list. To us, Thursday has become one of our favorite nights because it's um, Discovery Night. You know, it's, it's usually filled with a lot of acts that a lot of people have not heard, and the energy is up. Everyone is so excited to be there. It, it's just, it's a lot of fun. It'll be great. Thank you so much for having us on the show. Thank you very much yourselves, both of you. And uh, I look forward to seeing you Thursday at Bonnaroo. Excellent. Yeah, All right, yeah. we'll look for you there. Thanks, guys. Uh, Larkin Poe on the uh, What Podcast. Uh, Barry Quarter, nice job. Nice Thank job you. there, buddy. Thank you. Uh, it's Thank like you've been doing this for a little while. I've been around a bit. It was yeah. fun talking to them. Um, uh, like fun catching up, like before, I said. Before we mate. jump in with uh, with David, I had to have a like a random question for both of uh, You got a show that you're watching? You got a, is something that you are uh, getting into? Before you like, uh, you're, you're obsessed with Michelle. Go ahead, streaming? go ahead, Taka. I'll tell you mine because I'm looking for new ones. Really? Oh. Uh, well, before Taco, we get tacos. Mine, Shit's Creek. Yeah. I cannot believe how much I missed this show. Um, when it, I guess it was it just finished, right? So, but it's been on for so long, and I had no idea. This is the funniest damn show. It took like four episodes for me to get into it. But my God, once I'm into it, I literally just walk around the house going, David, David, yeah. all day. I can't stop talking like her. It is so much fun. Yeah. How about you, Taco? We look, I think we Ta- must have lost it. Taco's giving us that buffering stare. <laughs> uh, like we, from- all, we all very clear with the buffering stare now. <laughs> uh. I think I turned into Kelsey for a second. <laughs> but what's the uh, show that you're uh, you're obsessed with right now? Uh, what was the question? The show that you're obsessed with right now. Dark, absolutely. Watch Dark. Um, it is The Outsider. It is Stranger Things. It is uh, Donnie Darko. It's Back to the Future. Uh, it it it's a German show. Uh, I, there's a lot of Volkswagens in it. <laughs> That's the he he saw it on a Volkswagen message board, and so now he's watching it. On TV. <laughs> All right, on my list of uh, TV requirements, that would uh-huh. never come up. <laughs> I will say the the one person I'm terrible at. It. Will you give me a recommendation? Oh my god, that sounds great. I'll get into. I know I'll never watch it. Um, uh, Barry Quarter is very good. at about it if i've ever suggested anything always watches it would have uh, 
yeah. you know, what have you been doing? Yeah, you and I talked about Ozark. I thought season three of Ozark was terrific. Uh, I liked that title. I went, in fact, I went back and started watching Justified again. I missed that mm-hmm. with Timothy Oliphant. And a buddy of mine recommended 10 Star. And I've watched both seasons in the last three days. Tim Roth is in it. He's a or ends up being a police chief, and it's like Ozark, which I know you're familiar with. Yeah, you, you can't imagine the things that happen. <laughs> Look, I I don't like specific reasons, uh, mainly because it's a Showtime show. And Showtime shows have a problem. With no Volkswagens, I imagine. <laughs> There's no Volkswagens. I'm out. Um, <laughs> show, Showtime shows have a problem because Showtime has no hits, so they make the sh- like they milk as much as they can out of them, and they force the show to never have an ending, uh, keep things going that are nonsensical, just so they can get more seasons, more, more seasons, and more seasons out of them. It's the reason why Shameless is so unwatchable. Um, you know, There's Showtime. There's a bunch that are so formulaic that the you know a 20 minute scene could could have minutes, um, and then like HBO, you know there's going to be nudity what, what every four and a half minutes, and there's going to be all kinds of man, just like this podcast. Yeah, exactly. By the way, sort of by the way if if you're not watching uh, via YouTube, uh, you can always uh, watch our uh, thing now with moving pictures on our YouTube channel, uh, the What Podcast on YouTube. But uh, if you are watching on YouTube or the live stream, right over Barry's right shoulder is a Bonnaroo poster. And stop staring at it because it swear to God, it looks to me like it says Butteroo. <laughs> can't, can't Butteroo. I, uh, I mean, it just, from this distance, Butteroo. You know, I'm glad yeah. you mentioned that YouTube because I want to do, uh, I thought about this. We can't play near the music that we do on the just the audio version of the podcast uh, a lot of the breaks and stuff that you put in that on youtube so for anybody who you know wonders they are they are different Uh, all right well before we get into uh, our chat with david let's read some more uh, patreons and uh then talk to a patreon all right, that last group was in the Bring Back the Arch group, by the way. This one's the Glazed group with uh, Chelsea Davis, Evan Brown, Gordon Silver, Jason Hazelbaker. Richards and Clay Wilhoit. All right, uh, another Patreon chat, David. From Ohio. Thanks for uh, thanks for showing up. Where are you? You're in Ohio, as if I can uh, tell by your shirt. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm up in Northeast Ohio. I live in a town called North Georgetown. And if you uh, Google map that, you'll see a lot of farm and green. But it's mm-hmm. if you draw a line between um, Cleveland and Pittsburgh, somewhere right in the middle there. Oh so. yeah. Okay. Yep. Right on. Got your here's, got your Yingling. <laughs> here's the thing I um, I've learned about Ohio people. Uh, they love Ohio. I mean, uh, yeah. they love Ohio. They wear it. They hang it on their walls. It is just all about Ohio. I don't know what in the world they love so much about Ohio. But damn, you guys. You're <laughs> all in. Hey, I, have a te- I have a question first before we go too much further. Anyone else seeing the big what logo on front of David's forehead, or is that just on my screen, Taco? 
Uh, that's probably just on your screen. Okay. I just want to make sure because it's like, right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Something we can fix now. Let's fix it the... now. So, cool. Uh, all right. Well, everything's set up, so everybody looks good, and everybody's in the right spot, so we're ready. Yeah. Shoot, cool. man. We're already going. What were you saying, David? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Oh, no, I'm just saying that. No, I'm saying you're, that's true. If, if you went down and I gave an OH to somebody, someone somewhere far away, just give the IO, yeah. yeah. Automatic. You just do it. <laughs> weird thing. And uh, it how, is. Many, how many Bonnaroo's deep are you? Oh, one now. I was hoping to really? go for one more, but yeah, that's my first one. We it's been, it's been years in the making. We've uh, my wife and I we met at Ohio State University, and uh, we decided, you know what, we should we should go to Bonner. And of course, that's when we're poor college students, so we're scraping by. And then, you know, one thing leads to another. Life life gets a hold of you, and pretty soon I'm getting old, um, older than you. Um, not maybe not quite as Barry, but uh, no, uh, you're you never know. gonna get that number. <laughs> yeah, take the and easy so, shot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but then it gets a little bit tougher going out, saying I want to camp out outside and you know, underneath that that Tennessee sun. So we say we scraped up a little bit and finally made it out there. Had had uh, had a, have a five year old. She got to go hang out with grandma and grandpa, and we finally made it out there. You know, ten years in the making. So, but well. it's. It was totally worth it. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, her weekend sounded a lot like mine, hanging out with Grandpa Barry. It's, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, not, pretty much. Not too different. <laughs> yeah. Was it everything you hoped? Oh yeah, you know when you know I was I was thinking about it. Uh, you know, you go and almost every year. For me, it starts like in November. You get you know you get the presale going, and then you get the lineup drop and hanging out with you guys going all the different episodes and going on Reddit and through you build this like excitement and you're thinking, man, I hope it's going to be <laughs> everything I thought it'd be. And yeah. for me, it was all those years and watching it online when they, when they used to uh, stream it online and stuff. And it was, it was the best, it was the best mm. time and everything that we can, you know, thought it would be, it was even more. And I, you know, Barry, I think before you said, you know, you go and you smile ear to ear. And that's how it was, you know. So last time. year was your first year? Yeah. Yeah. And, two, and so yeah. and how many years did you sit around and just watch the conversation happen before you decided to pull the trigger and go? Uh, it'd be, if it was in college, that'd be tw early 2000s. Really? Just, and, yeah. And so, so what was the piece of advice do you think that you got that helped you the most? When you actually got there, that you actually put into effect, and you came after afterwards, you're like, man, I'm so glad we did blank. Yeah, yeah they were right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's just so many good, good uh, pieces of advice that you scrape through with just being a lurker on on you know uh, Reddit mm -hmm. and Inferu, especially. But I think just doing it the way you want to do it. I, you know, I, I'm more towards Barry, where I I do walkbys and. You know, we we had you know we go and we have their plan and what we wanted to do and these must not you know we couldn't miss these people and we did that which was terrific but really it was just like we ended up places where we didn't intend to you know end up and it yeah. was it was great you know like there was what? all this planning which was great. What, what was oh, what was, was a walk by that you found yourself at you loved? Well, we started off. I think it was this is this is going to be a while. I think uh, the Thursday. I think we went to um, we wanted to see Jay Bird. And Jay Bird was awesome. And that was just listening to the, the, the playlist and recommendations and stuff. And she was terrific. And it was, you know, mm -hmm. not, not a top level artist, but it was, you know, more intimate setting. And 
uh, she came out and hung out with us after after the set and you know it was really cool and then just going to um i don't know there's just so many i think um i'm trying to think like war and treaty was awesome i know you guys mentioned that a lot we were sitting out in the vip tent next to to the the this tent and we were just sitting outside i think it was around lunchtime I was grabbing a lunch or something having a beer I'm like what is that sound coming across the field you know and yeah. then it was just it blew blew me away blew my wife away and just yeah. stuff like that which i they weren't really on my like to-do list but it was great you know yeah, yeah brad I, I stumbled across uh playing music this morning i think it was uh i had we never talked about that Hyam show you know of all the did you go to that one i don't I, think I, so yeah you know, uh, it's, played... a tad, it's a tad cloudy. I uh, cannot cannot necessarily remember if I went to the Hame well, show. Or not. Well, I, I mean, I, it was just so great. And then I found the music this morning and it reminded me. And I don't think we've ever even talked about that one, but it was a terrific show. And it was a complete walk by for me because I didn't know him. Sorry, uh, I had to fix my set. My apologies. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> We're kind of casual. So, David, the fact that last year... Because was... I, I think that she might be baking naked back there. I think that we might be making <laughs> breakfast in a, another uh, see-through she ever like last week. Was it last time she was picking up a package with, like, nothing? Uh, like, you know, a see-through or something? What the hell's happening? <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry. Um, so, when you were talking about that 10 years of build-up reminded yeah. me how... Um, how worried I was about the whole camping experience way, way back. Overplanned, overstressed. Was <laughs> that sure. you guys? Or, I mean, people have done it enough now and there's enough information out there. Um, you know, it's maybe not as stressful as it was 15 years ago for me anyway. But uh, what was that like, that whole planning? Did you guys overdo <laughs> it? Kind of goes back to Brad's earlier question. Yeah, kind of. I mean, we, I'll tell you what, I, I cheated because we went VIP and I went, I went Laban. So I, uh, I, I, I camped <laughs> with all that savings that we did, but that was the fun of it was just going through and, you know, for, for when we knew we were going to go, when we got the pre-sale tickets and that lead up to it, the fun part was going on and seeing what people did, like, don't bring so much food. Make sure you bring this. Don't bring this. And just seeing all that stuff. And then for my wife and I, it's like every time we go out shopping and Target would have a sale on camping equipment, it was just fun to buy all those things, yeah. you know? And, and, and yeah. we, you know, by, by June, we had this kind of cool setup. And, you know, we bought lights and decorated our tent and stuff like that. And it was a lot of fun. And, and we, we didn't buy a grill or anything else. So we got all the recommendations was, was spot on. And uh, I have you know. taken way too much joy in, like, decorating camp. Uh, you really shouldn't. Uh, I mean, it's not really the most important thing, but for us, it's the most important moment. Uh, rolling out carpet and, you know, hanging lights really becomes our favorite thing to do on a Wednesday night, which, you know, um, maybe we'll just be doing it at the, in the yard this year, Barry, because uh, let's be honest, this ain't happening. No, this it's ain't not going to happen. This it's not going to happen. No, I disagree with you, Brad. I think it's important. It's, I mean... It's fun when we're putting it up. It's fun to see people's reactions. Ain't fun, fun when it starts raining. It's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun <laughs> Monday morning. Yeah. Taking it all down. But you know, that's part of it. So carpet well, you're, though. I, I appreciate that advice. That we did we did bring carpet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the carpet was difference. I'm telling you, when I, I can't explain to you the the 
how hard my campmates' eyes rolled when I started explaining to them the thing that uh, things I started wanted to bring ten years ago. And the one that got everybody was carpet. They mocked me and made fun of me and just, I mean, wrecked me day after day for weeks leading up to it. And then the second that carpet gets there, everybody's like, you know what? This carpet's a pretty good idea. It was, it was the Bissell that was over the top. I did, I did bring a vacuum cleaner one year. Yes, I did. It wasn't just the carpet. It was the Bissell. Yeah. Well, I have to maintain a very clean space. It was uh, uh, we used it. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, I don't uh, complain. We're going to have to I'm going to have to put a time out real quick. If you can hit pause, I've got to find a charger. I didn't know I'm dying here. Hang on a second. Hang on. <laughs> so Can't much. pause. We're live. Yeah. So much work. <laughs> I, I really don't know if it's worth it or not. We'll Even see we where this goes. We're, we're going to cut this in post, but we never do anything in post. Is that the No. We'll fix <laughs> yeah, it. yeah. Fix it. We'll in fix post. it in post. It'll we'll never fix get it. fixed. We're not. <laughs> David, your wife, uh, you guys, we love asking couples this, especially. Sure. Did you guys go to everything together or did you ever split up? Uh, we went most of it together. We did split up. There was the time, I think, uh, we saw, I saw Davey by myself because it was like, what, mid afternoon <laughs> when that happened? Yeah, we were there. She's like, <laughs> yeah, it was hot. So she you said, probably. Nope. You probably did. Uh, you probably were right there with us then. You went from Davy right to Warren Treaty, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. We were have there you ever have said. you ever seen Have you ever seen a band smile more than those guys were? Oh, no, they were that's, so happy. That's the awesome. Yeah. I, I loved like that, and I mentioned like um, minor Bird set like, change. Them being there and being you could just they were authentic. I loved being there and loved doing what they're doing, and that's contagious. I think you know and. That, that was the fun part about it, too. That was absolutely. Brad, we were just talking about that Davey set. He, David and his wife. No, your wife didn't go. We were with David. Yeah. Went and uh, we were just talking about how I asked him if he'd ever seen a band smile more than those guys. <laughs> uh, they were happy. It they seemed like um, it, they they acted like the way we're going to act post uh, quarantine COVID. Uh, yeah. Hugging everybody, loving everything. Uh, that's going to be us here in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They were happy. Um, is that the only one you guys split up? What'd she do? Just hang out and kind of try to stay in the, out of the sun? Yeah, I tell you one thing: going VIP and getting those uh, the, the AC tents that were all spread across Ooh, center room. Yeah, that's, good move. That's yeah, gold. Move. So yeah. yeah, so she stayed in there. She probably got like a massage and you know <laughs> drinking drinking inside the AC tent. So I told her I want I definitely want to see that one. That's based off your guys' recommendations. So I, said, I can't miss that one. So I went out and saw that one. Other than that, we we saw a lot of it together. Um, we we she has she has pretty good music taste or really good music taste and we like everything under the sun so we, we'll see anything you know we're not we don't have one lane that we stay in so that was the fun part uh when um when you saw the lineup this year it was a no-brainer yeah i mean or it was you, awesome. or are you, or are you gonna go no matter what the lineup was we usually go no matter what we we like the lineup to us is just the the icing on the cake you know we have so much fun just being there doing everything really so and we know we're going to find great people and we know we're going to find people that we didn't even know about which i think is half the fun too so yeah um, to I us wonder, it's just the overall experience so here's here's the thing you know you've got um uh, jazz fest was canceled and uh it was supposed to go on this weekend well, a local radio station, uh, one that I don't work for, uh, has 
uh, put on Jazz Fest in place, where basically you they'll play all of the old clips from Jazz Fest, um, and they've got markets around town that are you are able because everybody loves the festival food, right? For instance, spicy pie. Uh, the there's markets in town that will deliver you the food that you so badly wanted to buy at Jazz Fest, like the crawfish boudin or uh. the uh, <laughs> or the the crawfish um, enchiladas. And you know, by the way, if we could pull this off, Bonnaroo is not going to happen, right? But I think that we all would crowd around our 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 computer screens and watch a Bonnaroo live feed of every artist that we wanted to see. Uh, with maybe, you know, spicy pie delivered to our house. I think we could figure yeah. this out, couldn't we? <laughs> I think it, so. I think so. That works I, for me. <laughs> it's really interesting. Uh, our friend um, um, Trevin, and um, I can't even think of his name now. Good um, friend. I am it's <laughs> killing me. Uh, I'm embarrassed. Man. Uh, but he when you have a friend a- like Barry... Yeah, it's almost <laughs> like you have. I'll think of it in a minute. David, David Champion. I'm sorry, David. Um, I'm being distracted because I'm getting texts from work. So, um, David posted a poster of some other festival that's happening similar to what you're talking about, and it's a great lineup. But I, I don't. It's just not the. I don't know that I want to watch music on my computer screen. That's not what it's about. I can do I that anytime. You know. I haven't been a big fan either. It's yeah. not, it's I, mean, not I get it. I know what they're thing. doing. I respect them for doing it. But um, and maybe June 11th, I'll feel differently because we're not in Manchester, and I'll you know be looking for something. Um, I don't know. It's just yeah. weird to me. You watch any live streams? I, I do. I like it every once in a while. I mean, yeah. I, I think c- come June, I, 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 well, I mean, what happened to the Bonnaroo live stream before? Like, it was awesome to watch it live and, yeah, you know, last right? year. Nothing. Barry, really? get, on, get on that with, the, with your yeah. <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> with that. investigation. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, uh, I know. I, I really always liked, like, the reason why I can mark certain shows off of my, uh, off of my grid is because I, I watched the live stream of Coachella, and I'll say, yeah, that didn't work. Um, you know, like we, we all, we all saw like the Lizzo thing coming because her Coachella set was just so, you know, even with the technical issues, we're like, man, there's something about this stage show. Um, yes, the live streams work in some, some avenues, but yeah, you're right. They, they don't, they don't necessarily grab me ever, but boy, it sure does feel good when they're on and Bonnaroo's happening and you're not there. You know, it, it's almost yeah. like it's almost like listening to Bonnaroo radio. Um, it's not really well done, but thank God it's there. And I can it feels like I'm I'm being touched or I, I'm having a that's what it is. We're having a universal experience, right? We're all actually doing the same thing. You know, that's why the NFL drafts numbers were through the roof. You know, very rarely are we having these communal experiences anymore. And. We finally, Tiger King, or why is Tiger King doing so well and had 18 billion minutes watched on Netflix? It's because yeah. we're finally always uh, all doing something together. Yeah, it's timing. It's a communal thing. A- absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, come June, uh, somebody's going to come up with something. We'll probably, I'll probably watch or at least be part of something. Yeah. And 
I can understand Barry, you not wanting to watch live streams as much as you, as maybe someone else, uh, because you're watching it on that computer over the right of your shoulder. Uh, <laughs> how are you watching any Just one of... live stream on that 1994 Mac? I'll tell you what's embarrassing. I counted the other day. I think I have 11 such computers in my home. I don't know why. I just can't get rid of some things. <laughs> I want to put a fishbowl in that one. I just hadn't gotten around to it. That's the, that's the answer, Brad. I haven't gotten around to it. Ask me anything, and that's going to be the answer. <laughs> uh, Taco, you watch any live streams? Not really. We watched one a few weeks ago from a local band that was doing something here in Chattanooga. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, it's just not the same. I mean, you're, you're sitting on the couch you know, it's, it's not the same experience. You could be watching movies, you know, now, it's not a replacement for like actually being there live. But what if you were watching it in the bus, in the Volkswagen bus, wouldn't that be more fun? That'd be more fun. Okay. Yeah, I could, I could set up uh, like a screen in here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Who doesn't love camping in the garage? It is. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it depends on if you're with people. Yeah, too. the poor bus. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's part of you know live shows is you you experience it together. Well, if you're sitting at home, you know it's you're not interacting with as much. Yeah. Um, the the PBR is a lot cheaper though. Uh, yeah. I had a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what hey, up, David? Yeah. Are you guys planning uh, to go in September? Uh, when you're thinking about it, I mean, I have, uh, I mean, if, we're trying to figure out a different way to do it. Yeah, if it happens. I mean, I, I'd love to go. I wanted to do the campground, but that got sold out. I didn't, I was trying to get it like, I was trying to figure out how to do it. And they said the tickets went on sale like January 1st, call Jan 1st or whatever that first Monday was, sold out. And so I have a, I have a room booked at the, what is it, the Holiday Inn, right, right there. Yeah. Just to try Very and do familiar. it different. <laughs> I, vi I visit it every day. Yeah. For, at, for certain point, at certain points of the day, I visit it for, you know, <laughs> just to connect with my people, you know. Yeah, so, yeah that's so nice of you. Yeah, I think so. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we, we don't, I don't actually have tickets at this moment, so, uh, and I don't know what's going to happen. So, it's, you know, if it happens in there, I just, I, like anybody else, we're trying to shuffle around and seeing if you can get work off or, you know, and, and seeing if, if you feel confident in going in September. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to be like in September either, you know? So I, I think that's like going to be the biggest holdback of <clears throat> any of this is, is not if insert festival happens, it's how comfortable do you feel actually being there? Yeah. Um, you know, I had a conversation with one of our campmates yesterday, Brian Stone, uh, the, uh, host of the world's most listened to and downloaded podcast in the history of podcasts, the Stone on Air podcast. And he said, I don't care, bro. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not going to live in fear. You know, one of those kind of arguments. But I kept having to remind him, I was like, dude, it's not about you. It's about what you might be, you know, bringing to the party. Uh, nobody is, I mean, you're invited to the party. It's all the friends that you bring that are the problem that, you know, you don't know what you're carrying. You don't or know what you back home. That's right. That's right. Exactly right. And and if if New Orleans is any sort of indication, look what giant you, you know, mass events do and how it can then turn into a, a big time problem. Uh, Mardi Gras was the, the source of damn near all of our cases. Um, and 
you know, you get done with Mardi Gras, you don't know you're that sick, and you go visit grandma, and you've got an entire old folks home uh, now ill. So it's not just you not being scared, bro, uh, but it's like, how how much of this do you want to keep poking? How often do you want to keep poking the bear and and challenging this when all the science says you better not poke the bear? So I don't know. I, I don't know what I don't know what it looks like, even if it were to happen. And, you know, would it scare me off, Barry? I don't know. I don't I don't I really don't know. No, it's I, a it's a legitimate concern. I mean, I I've pretty much been holed up. I go out once a week to, you know, the store or whatever or run down the street. That's it. Um and I don't I don't know. I mean, I haven't really put much thought into it like I'm scared i'm just trying to be respectful i guess and i am worried yeah. my wife goes to work uh kind of worries me that she comes back home but she's not interacting with a lot of people uh currently uh but if they open the restaurants back up uh and, and the hotels which they're doing i guess this week here um uh, monday monday yeah tomorrow so i mean <sighs> nobody this knows this is my nod of disapproval yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad idea. nobody knows and i mean the people that are arguing that we got to get back to normalcy and it's hurting businesses and all that uh, is that's not the argument you know i get i get that yeah, there's taco <laughs> okay but here's i'll go you one step further about how how you just don't know by the way uh you ain't going to bible study you're going to basically push your body <laughs> beyond its abilities of of drinking, of no sleep, of whatever it is, other things that you're putting into your body. I mean, you, you're living on spicy pie. I mean, you are destroying your immune system for five days, four days, however. And then you think that, you know, you're invincible? Yeah. Uh, uh, give me a break. That's a good point. I think I've I think I've laughed about it. It wasn't. It was two years ago. I got home that Monday morning and don't remember anything until Thursday. And it wasn't, <laughs> you know, that I was drugged out. I was just so tired. Barry, um, you are in an advanced age, though. Uh, and I'm old, which is to your point. Anything. To, your, to your point. So I go up there and live unhealthily for five days, and yeah. then you know, guy, if I catch you know something, then yeah, it's a bad, it's a bad hey, deal. Ben. And and and. As we've said many times, the uh, Bonnaroo people don't want that either. They don't want that on their conscience. Their insurance people and lawyers certainly don't want that kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah, there's well, a lot. Yeah. Hypothetically, if it were to happen, who were you uh, excited to see? Who was your um, your top three? Uh, my top three. I want to see. Uh, I got. I'm going to go a Homer pick. I want to see Camp because they're from Columbus they're and from I haven't Columbus, seen them. Right. Yeah. So I want to see Camp. Um, uh, who? Who was it? Um, Briston Maroney. Yeah. Was, keep, keeps so getting good. name dropped yeah, even last so week good. in the episode. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, I, I kind of want to go uh, just hit all the big names. I think, you know, going seeing like a, a Miley Cyrus and Dolly comes, that'd be great. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll even, heck, going back to college, I want to go see Nelly and see the St. The St. Lunatics and whatever, you know, whatever else happened. Just, that that's like a fun type of thing, and I know it's different. I think you guys went to see T Pain, which wasn't so great. Yeah, but when we did our walk by, which was way far back, 
everybody was singing along really? you know and but we weren't in we weren't up close we just did the but it was so packed because it was yeah overflown everywhere we did the walk by of t-pain too and the reason why i say that it was not good is because the guy on stage was just screaming at us and telling us that we uh, we didn't appreciate uh, T Pain as much, and T Pain left after two songs and comes back twenty minutes later, like he needed a nap. It was very yeah. odd. Uh, See, I didn't know any of that. I just walked in the walk by, sounded awesome, everybody's having fun. So I don't know. So you're not gonna go see the baby or the, the baby? Uh, <laughs> you know what though? I, you know, his if, catchy tunes. <laughs> if there is not a bigger hip hop artist on the planet right now than uh, than Sir Baby. Uh, and, uh, you know, you know, it, it, once the grid came out, I probably would have figured out a way to, um, checked out Lord baby, but I, uh, which by the way, Lord taco, the running joke is he's great at identifying babies and he's really good. You can find any baby and he'll be able to tell you whether or not it's a baby, uh, Lord taco, the baby, baby or not. a baby. He's not really a baby, not a baby. Uh, I knew it. I, I seen, knew it. I've seen a lot of babies and he is not one not a baby, <laughs> not a baby. It's, it's, I it's official totally, i feel totally scammed I feel totally scammed <laughs> it's official now yeah. yeah yeah what about your end what's what's the top three going in you think you know happens um, uh, barry can get <laughs> barry can take my top three he knows my top three uh we like he doesn't have to look at a lineup he knows what number one is Brittany. Brittany. yeah i gotta see Brittany how yeah uh you ready for number two? Who's number two? Lizzo, Lizzo is two. I don't know yeah. who three is. It's, it's literally just the people that I know. Uh, I'm going to go one, <laughs> oh, two, yeah. three people I know. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> the ones he's actually spoken to. Yeah, uh, people, people I can uh, scam to call my friends. I'm not going to. Oh, gonna so win. yeah, is it Ed O'Brien is now three? Uh, EOV, yeah, me and my best friend Ed O'Brien. I mean, you know, at least you have your reasons. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, I really want to see that. See Miley David. That's the one yeah. uh, I've talked about before. Uh, that one, that one to me is right up there as the probably not going to see her anywhere else thing. So that's going to yeah. be that, that's a big opportunity. But uh, there's a long list on that lineup if it were to happen, especially the original lineup for me. Yeah. There's a bunch of um, bunch of people to check off on my wish list. Ed O'Brien, all three of those, to be honest, I mean, those were all good ones. You know, uh, the, the, the thing about the, what sucks about the Ed O'Brien thing, and I think we might have mentioned it last week. If you haven't listened to the uh, Ed O'Brien interview, we uh, posted it last week and uh, give it a give it a try if you haven't gotten to it. But um, it's it's guys like that that I feel really bad about. I mean, this guy, you know, waited and waited and waited until it was time to pounce uh, and release his only solo album ever and then do a tour around it. And. Now, hmm, that's. I think he'll happen. be okay. Yeah. I think you he's think gonna he's gonna be okay. okay. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't worry about him too much. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I care and worry about my friends. You know, their <laughs> success is my success, <laughs> and my future artist past. Send him a note. Uh, there it is. Yeah, send him a note that you're thinking about him. He'll. I will. It. I will. Uh, what uh, do you usually do? Any other festivals other than um, other than Bonnaroo? No, it's usually Bonnaroo. We'll hit really? a couple concerts and stuff, but that's it. Like we, you know, speaking of like coming up this summer, we wanted to see David Gray. He was coming to Cleveland, but you know, I think I'm sure that that hasn't been officially canceled mm -hmm. or postponed. But I don't see that happening. 
Um, you know, last, last year we went to see death cab over in Vegas. We were out in Vegas for something. They happened to be in there. So we just kind of take up the opportunities that we can. It's you're sometimes normal, it's tough in the Midwest. Your normal uh, city is Cleveland. If you were to go to shows, it's Cleveland, huh? Cleveland. Yeah. Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Mostly it's Cleveland. I grew up in, uh, in Canton. So I, that's like 45 minutes away. So that's usually so my, Canton. my go-to city. I'm trying to think yep. if, if there's any other music festivals in and around the Ohio Valley like that. Um, what, what, which one am I missing? I feel like there's a really big one in the Ohio Valley, and I cannot remember what it was. Yeah, I'll tell you oh, one that was that's been I want to go to is, and I was thinking about this year was the, the uh, is, is Wonder Bus in Columbus. They started that one a year year or so ago, and they had mm-hmm. some some good 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 vibes coming off that one. Of course, yeah. that one. You know, who knows what's happening there, too, because yeah. that's the end of August. So, Well, it, look, here, here's, the, here's the thing, and, and we've mentioned it before, but um, they got pressure from the city, Voodoo Fest did, but Voodoo Fest is in the end of October. Canceled. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> you, can, you can reschedule, you can have a rescheduled date all you want to, middle of October, if, if New Orleans is not willing to throw a party. <laughs> uh, I don't know anybody else is going to be willing to. Yeah. yeah, there's. I mean, they're still seriously talking about college football. Uh, to your point, and if if those guys are talking about not playing, then yeah, it's pretty serious. Um, and it's Look. it's again, it's just every it's it's as Brad said, everybody's trying to get through the window, and the window is closing. It keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller. You uh, could. You can you can convince me that some sports could make sense without audience uh, participation. Like for instance, golf going to do sure. fine. Baseball actually would probably need this. Baseball needs you know a a, a thwart of a, a adrenaline to try and figure out how to make this show better on TV. Right? Um, this would force them to try and create a better TV product because nobody's going to be in the stands. I don't know how you do football and you know, big sporting events like that without without audiences and without crowds. Um, you know, it's going to yeah. be it's going to be hard to watch. It's going to be impossible to to engage with. Uh, football, uh, ba- baseball. You know, maybe uh, I don't know, maybe not soccer, but baseball and golf, easy. It's easy enough. But football yeah, and I, music I, festivals, get out of here. I don't know how you do that. I did hear an interesting conversation about the Ryder Cup, though, just because you brought up golf. Uh, the players don't want to have it. I think it was Roy McIlroy saying, of all the tournaments, don't do that one without fans. It kind of, it's just be a golf tournament, you know, which makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a difference between like the Ryder Open and the Phoenix Open. Yeah. You know, nobody really cares. Right. Uh, all right, uh, that's well, a great point. Man, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much for uh, being part of the Bonnaroo family mm-hmm. and uh, part of the oh, uh, What Podcast you. family, man. We can't thank you enough. Oh, thank you. I said this. Uh, you guys are great. I appreciate you guys doing this because, again, oh, you guys are the, the ramp up to Bonnaroo for, for me and I know a lot of other people. So it's like yeah. first time talking, but I feel like I know you guys and you guys are part of the crew. Just listening to you guys go back and <laughs> forth and doing your picks and, yeah. you know, interviewing people. It's it's a lot of fun. I tune in every week. So I appreciate it. Yeah, we uh, we try not much. we try not to have it much different than what camp would actually be like uh because nah, i love it um <laughs> it gets it gets brutal it gets very very brutal yeah yeah uh you know and and brian stone keeps coming back 
keeps coming back, and I don't, I don't really know why. We don't really understand things have, why. Things have been said to Brian Stone that I, I could not imagine, and he keeps coming back. <laughs> I mean, if I said it to anyone else, they'd pull a gun on me. Yeah. Uh, but for Brian, it's like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's probably fair. He'll eventually but, say, stop. Yeah, stop. <laughs> Thanks so much again, and uh, you know, hopefully, you know, if we don't see you in 2020, we'll see you, see you definitely in 2021, buddy. Definitely. Thank you so right. much. Appreciate Thanks it. All right. Take All it right. easy. O H. I O. All right. <laughs> David, a Patreon from the What Podcast, a podcast for Bonnarubians by Bonnarubians, and expanding into our world of all things COVID. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, with less and less monitor things to talk about, it's going to basically from that, from here on out, just be uh, fashion advice from Barry. Um, <laughs> it's going to be, uh, yeah. anything and everything we can talk about how I to, uh, home repair with Barry. How many days can you go with just one pair of shorts? That's, yeah, <laughs> that's the, that's the big question. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, it depends on if you're wearing them or not, Barry. Oh, that's, I'm always, yeah, it's, it's, it's. It's not a pretty picture even by myself. Any more Patreons to read before we yep. uh, head out? Uh, two more groups. Marty okay. McFly. The and We've got Andrew McBride, Catherine Riccio, David Salano, Jacob Marty, Justin Nigro, Meredith Rittman, and the High Five group, Brooke Tussie, David, and Charla Horton. Da- David. Daniel and Charla Horton. David Henson, Ella, Phil Nye, Chicane. With friends like Barry. <laughs> like reading ahead uh, with Lord Taco for Barry Quarter. I'm Brad Steiner. I'll talk to you next week. Maybe are we doing one next week? What do we got next week? We don't have anything lined up. Well, well. what should we do? We'll see. We'll uh, your guess is as good as ours. Talk to you then. What podcast? Yeah. See you later. Love you. Bye. Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year? That matter. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corner. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.